You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible So tonight, let's get into some more stories, and this is just kind of a, a paranormal buffet here tonight, but I will read you some other ones that I've pulled up to entertain you, of course. I've experienced hauntings in two family homes. It started when I was about 14, and I was in the shower. A cold breeze hit me, and at first, I didn't think anything of it. I felt it again, and a weird feeling came into the pit of my stomach. So I got out and grabbed a towel and my clothes and I went into the bedroom to get dressed. And while I was drying off and dressing really quickly, something I couldn't see let out a really nasty growl on the right side of my mom's bed. I ran out of there. Later, my bed began to shake at night and I thought perhaps it was me just being paranoid and shaking there and therefore shaking the bed. So I had my brother sleep with me and he woke up before me and then woke me up because he felt the shaking as well. After that, myself and my brother and sister all slept in my mom's room with the door closed and locked, and I would hear things moving around in the front room. I'd see shadows in the hallway, hear whispers, and I was home alone one day and, and brought my dog inside because I was too scared to go alone to the back bed bathroom, so... 
I had my dog wait outside the door and there was a loud crash noise from my room and my dog absolutely ran away. She wouldn't go back there ever again. After we moved from that house, other neighbors started hearing things and this was my first but not the last experience. We later moved into a house a family friend lived in and for a while I was okay, but then I really started having bad nightmares of things attacking me and making me not able to speak or move, and it was horrible. One night a friend stayed over, and I never told the friend anything involving any of my experiences with ghosts, and he saw something in the hallway from my room and asked if the house was haunted. I was shocked, and I asked, why? And he said the figure, he saw the figure of a black man looking into the room. I was absolutely petrified. I like to pretend I never felt anything in the house, but once he told me this, I couldn't ignore it anymore. His friend came over to pick him up and couldn't believe the activity slash evil that was in the house. He told me two dogs live there, among other things, and I've seen one of the dogs on two occasions. And both times, I thought at first it was could have been my dog, but quickly I realized that it wasn't. The first time I saw it, I only caught a glimpse of white legs and paws, and the second time I was getting into the fridge, and I glimpsed a white dog face to my right, and for once, I didn't feel threatened by a spirit. Later on, I could hear knocking and scratching on the walls from the outside, and there was a loud vortex-like sound coming from the backyard, and my dog would bark and freak out sometimes, and I thought it was weird, but that never once did my family wake up from him barking. I became too scared to fall asleep and would stay up all night and wait for the day to go to sleep, and I later found out from my friend's friend that he just knew the land I lived on had been a landfill some time ago, and it didn't register to me until I remember a neighborhood boy telling me this same thing a couple of years before he said this. I now live in apartments by a cemetery. <laughs> God, great choices. Nice choice, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I have a daughter, and sometimes she'll watch something in the apartment that can't be seen and, and laugh or just stare. And it scares me, for I don't want her to be able to feel or see the things that I do, and it's awful and horrifying. Another experience I had was in Fairfield, California, at Rockville Cemetery. A former boyfriend took me there late one night because he was bored, and the second I stepped onto the soil, I got a really bad feeling from that place. I felt as if I was being watched or followed, and I didn't see or hear anything, but that feeling just overwhelmed and made me made him take me back to his house. And I will never again go back there. A lot of people from the area have told me stories of their experiences. It's a very haunted place. And these are my stories, um, though they lack detail, I've become an insomniac and developed a phobia of people breaking into the house and of spirits, and I have to have an animal with me wherever I live, for I believe if there's something there, they will know. I sleep only against a wall with my back facing the wall for fear of something coming up behind me and touching me. I could go on and on. Well, that's really bizarre. And, I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, clearly this person has the abilities. I, I, I kind of, 
I'm kind of not sure about their their feeling that they don't want the the daughter or the child to have those same experiences. But I, I think it's all about whether or not somebody has the ability isn't the problem. It's the problem is is your ability to cope with the ability uh, to be able to cope with the vision or cope with the sights and and how to process that on a on a good scale now. Um, it, you know, we've discussed it many times that, that sensitive people are beacons for the spirits and, and those that have unresolved business and such will reach out to those people because they seem to be able to sense or know that they can hear or see them or, or at least receive their messages to some level. So I think there's just, it's just important for those people that have these experiences to maybe find a group of people or, or find a group like even here in the paranormal portal chat and and our community we have so many gifted people and they uh, it's really neat how they've been there for each other and and helped each other and and have have really become so much more of a family and and I think most of you guys that listen to the show have ability I really do and I think that's one of the things that draws us all together is that you know we're all searching we're all we're all trying to figure this stuff out and and you know, we have different, of course, experiences, but I think it's just become a great and amazing community of people that are there to help each other and and uh, a family, if you will. I, I truly believe you guys are like the family. You guys are my family. Family of choice, but family nonetheless. So I hope you enjoyed that one. And the next one comes out of Oregon. And one time... When I was living in Montana, <laughs> it comes out of Oregon, but it talks about Montana. Okay. I had some ghost experiences, and it all started when I was about 11 years old. And I was going to bed early, and I wasn't feeling good. And I fell asleep right away, and I dreamt of a man was chasing me. He grabbed my arm, and I then woke up. When I woke up, I felt as if someone was really grabbing my arm. I couldn't move my arm. It was being pinned down. A few minutes later, it let go, and my arm could move, and I thought it was just in my mind, maybe something left over from the dream, but I looked at my arm, and I saw fingerprints. It says fingerprints, but <laughs> I know they meant fingerprints. In the morning, I told my mom, and she had a similar dream. I had it for several nights in a row, and we moved out of the house. I never knew what that was about. No... I never experienced it again since I moved out, and I still have experience with ghosts. But in the house I'm living in now, every night I feel like someone is just watching me. Like there's a black figure in my room at night. I can never fall asleep. It feels like someone is on top of me, and I can never move. And it happens every night, and no one believes me. One of my friends said an old couple lived there, and the man killed his wife. She died in the bedroom, which is my room, of course. <laughs> And it's a weird feeling. My mom doesn't believe me, and we can't move, so I'm looking for advice. Well, I, I think I think it's, you know, something that you really got to figure out how to push that entity out. I mean, if it's not something you're comfortable with, you got to learn how to control your space. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this is a real key in any kind of aggressive haunting experiences. You've got to claim your space. And you've got to look for ways to push negative entities away from you. Um, it's all about shielding. We have the ability to shield. And this is something that 
Jeffrey Seelman, when he was on, he talked about, Deb has talked about, Diane has talked about, Joel and Sean have talked about. You have to create the ability to shield. You have to imagine yourself. One of the most rudimentary ways is imagine yourself surrounded by a shield of, of beautiful, bright light. And uh, just know that that light is, is um, you know, divine or whatever you want to call it, but that it protects you because it's all about faith. It's all about, you know, if, you, if you're a Christian, wear something, but know in your heart that what you're wearing is just going to be divine protection, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to ward off anything evil. Um, or look into crystals, look into talismans, look into runes of protection, look into um, herbs and, and other things that can be protective and be barriers against negative entities. Um, there's so much information out there and there's no reason to not look for answers or, or not get some kind of help, whether you help yourself or whether you find a group like ours that has so many people willing to help. But you can help yourself. You can protect yourself. And if you're ever, any of you out there listening to the sound of my voice, whether it's email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to get you in touch with somebody that can help you. And we have several people that are very interested in being there to be, uh, to be of use and to be helpful to those people that are suffering. So, um, I just, I just know that a lot of times people feel so alone and they don't know where to go, what to reach out to, you know, how to trust. I mean, there's so many fakes and charlatans out there as well, but I'm really proud of the fact that the people that are attached to the show have been, you know, the real deal. They are really genuinely helping and many people have reached out to us and, um, we've made several connections and several people have gotten some great help and I hear back from them how wonderful it is and. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really, uh, really important, really important. So there is help out there, ladies and gentlemen. You got to reach out. You got to ask for it. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in all right the next story that i'm going to read you 
is another one of the spiritual realm. And then I'm going to get into one about the cryptids, a couple of cryptid stories tonight. Because I love the cryptid stories too, and, and I, I know the spiritual stuff is really powerful. But there's so many flavors of paranormal, and, and while we do a lot of ghost stuff, I do like to address the cryptid stuff as well. So here's one. This one comes out of California, and it says, I've experienced something very similar uh, to uh, a story that I read called The Night Visitor. Um, I've had night visitors every so often over the years and more frequently in the last two years. I'm 27 years old, and my visitor always seems to be somewhat threatening in their actions, choking, shaking by the neck and shoulders, and what seems to be an attempt to pull the covers off or pull me out of bed. I googled night visitor on May 8th because two weeks ago, an older woman told me she had a visitor that was trying to choke her, and I'd never related my choking encounters with her, but... She brought it up to me the Saturday morning after it happened. Um, she awoke, told her husband, who did not believe her, went to the kitchen to drink a glass of milk, and then went back to sleep, and it happened again. She did the same except for the milk, and she drank some tea instead, went back to bed, and it happened again. Jeez, that's very aggressive. Ju uh, then, just this last week, while visiting the place I grew up, a friend of mine has a daughter who is 17 years old and said an entity has visited her many times, trying to hold her down and to choke and shake her by the neck. And after hearing the above stories from my friends just recently, I'm beginning to believe that what my husband told my daughter may be true. The invisible side may be reaching out to us for some type of help. Um... They, this is, happens to two of my husband's daughters. They have experienced an entity trying to choke them and other types of encounters that made them afraid. And they, the middle one is 23, has experienced it over nine times. The youngest, 22, experienced it only once. But, one of, but both of them claim that they think or feel that they are awake. And my husband has a lot of experience with this since he is always there sleeping next to me when it happens to me, and he has never had it happen to him, nor ever seen anyone in the room when I awaken him in the middle of the night. And that's a common theme. That's, a, you know, as far as the male energy, I don't know what it is. And again, this isn't a sexist or, or uh, trying to diminish the value of anybody, but for some reason, the males are generally the last that are attacked or presented with any kind of aggressive activity. And I don't know if that's because of the virtue of it being a male energy or if there's something about the male energy that makes it harder for them to connect and to create those kind of problems or if it has more to do with they really just don't want that male energy. They are more interested in the female energy because perhaps that's more of a, of a nurturing energy that sustains them if they do indeed feed off of our energy, these dark beings. Is there something about the male energy that's like broccoli when you could have the prime rib, you know, and the female energy is more like the prime rib or whatever, you know, whatever you like. Um, <laughs> I, I think there, there's got to be some reason that uh, the male energy isn't, isn't as sought after. And, and at first I thought it was, you know, my first inclination was that, well, is the male energy just uh, a stronger energy? But I don't think so. I don't think so. I think... 
I think if anything, female energy is probably a stronger energy, to be honest with you, uh, especially in terms of the spiritual. I think women are much more spiritually powerful um, on average than men. And that's, of course, not true completely. But I think, it, I think that women are just more connected. I don't believe that our souls are actually either male or female. But I think that while we are manifest in these lives, we are, are in uh, a, a state of gender and so that state of gender probably draws on certain aspects of our spiritual energy more than others. Um, and the, maybe the whole idea is to be, throughout the course of our life, is to be more balanced between that male and female energy. But by default, men will, will draw on that male energy and women will draw on the female energy. So, you know, again, it's theories, it's ideas, I don't know. But I try to make sense out of all this stuff because... Every one of these these stories that I read, they're the hints, they're the clues. And so I try to piece them all together through, you know, the years of doing this of why is that? Why is that? So these are just some ideas that are floating through my head about it. It's like, there's some reason, but all I can do is just throw, throw ideas out of this. And so it goes back to the story. He says, advice he gave his daughter. He told my middle daughter that her, after her eighth episode that maybe the entities are crying out for help. Now, she, the person that wrote this story did it kind of backwards because she referred to that uh, in their last paragraph or the couple paragraphs ago. And are trying to get someone's attention on our side of the veil. The invisible are maybe trying to make contact with the visible due to some unknown reason on their side is what he relayed to her. And he told her, next time it happens, to actually stay calm and do not put out any fear emotions, vibrations, and tell the entity very clearly that it, if their intentions are bad, to please leave immediately. He then told her to say to the entity, but if you are here because you need something, I will do all I can to help you. So about a month later, it happened again, but after saying what her dad instructed her to say, she experienced something very different. She said she definitely felt it was the presence of a woman, and all the other times the entity had been very aggressive, which made it seem masculine in nature, but this entity was very gentle with her, and it caressed her head, played with her hair by pulling it back and running her hands down the length of her hair, and even though she was lying on her back, she had a sense of oneness with the female entity that she said, I have never felt with any visible person, and the experience lasted for about five minutes. Since it is a third-party story, it would be best if his daughter actually wrote the exact details of what she experienced that night. Um, she is currently out of town, but I'll contact her in any way. Um, so that's, those are the encounters, and maybe that is the truth. Maybe a lot of these things that people are experiencing as aggressive are just desperation. You know, like, help me, help me, help me. They're in this state of panic, and they're reaching out for help. Is that possible? Sure. Could that be what's going on? Sure, it could be. So all these things are really interesting and, and great great, uh, great viewpoints. And, and I, I would like to believe that spiritual encounters are generally uh, positive. But, you know, of course, we all hear the, the, the terrible stories. And it's hard to believe that those are positive or, or there's some misunderstanding there. But, uh, you know, when you start dealing with scratches and you start dealing with uh, being physically attacked or things thrown at you, it's hard to find positive in that. <laughs> it's just not a positive experience. So just some thoughts there, ladies and gentlemen. 
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in now i want to read this this is a uh, has to do with what what appears to be a cryptid although they, they never really spell it out but they do allude that it could be so a decade ago when i was about 15 or no 13 my dad got a call from a friend of his his friend had shot a huge eight point whitetail buck and lost it the night before in the woods. The deer was shot with a bow at sunset and ran into the woods across the road. Dad's friend called him at 8 o'clock that night and told him he'd need help finding it in the next day, and my dad asked if I want to learn about tracking a deer. Well, I'm all for it, because hunting is amazing. And off we go the next morning, and this is out of out on Maryland's eastern shore. Lots of woods, hills, and lots of walking. I was tired and trying to retain what these two hunters were telling me, but still having a blast. We found a really long blood trail. Fur, the whole thing was fun for me and my dad. And We'd been out there for maybe an hour or two, and I take a break near a small thing of trees that connects to the massive woods where the blood trail went, and my dad's friend goes into the woods, and I'm just looking at the trees, trying to spot a white belly or part of a rack, and then I saw something perched on four limbs. It was hard to see, and it's been about a decade since. I saw what looked like a fox with a short muzzle, no tail, and really long limbs, like deer length. Deer thin limbs just standing there maybe 20 yards from me, and I can't tell what it is or what color. I just know it's strange looking, and it's not moving at all. That's the not the weird part. That thing just kind of loped away, like... Those cat videos where the cat is scared and lifts up its front feet off the ground and runs off on its back legs, like that. Only it held its front legs higher, and it ran like that was the way it's been running its entire life. Like it was absolutely natural for it to do it that way. Hunched and hurried, but not wobbly. I only saw it for a few seconds, and Dad scared the hell out of me by shouting about an eight-pointer being found. I told Dad I saw that weird animal, and he said it may have been a fox. And I told him about the legs being weird and long, and he gave me the look. The look that says, stop making things up, and I got that look a lot. Well, I learned how to gut, drag, and track a deer all that day, and we took a trip to the butcher, and I got to watch them begin processing. So, anyway, that's a cool one. The next one is is uh, having to do with... Uh, the water, and I was on a lobster boat off the southeastern, southern main coast, rather. And we had three boats in our little fleet, I guess you could say. And we all parted ways to go home when a call on the radio is another captain on one of the boats and says he's got three lights floating above his boat following him around. Me and the captain laughed it off until I went out on the deck to have a smoke, and there it was over our boat. Bright as hell, but no light being reflected on the ground. It was silent, about 20 feet above us, and following us, 
and moving with us as if it had a fixed point on the boat. It was staying the exact same distance from, from us no matter if the boat went up or down or left or right. And Then I told my captain to come out and have a look at it and we were so amazed that we forgot we were running a boat and we crashed into an underwater ledge. I fell to the ground and when I got up, it was gone. A few more radio calls came in about this strange UFO following lobster boats in the southern Maine area. And the last one I want to read to you is really a short one. But it's, I've never seen a UFO, but one time when I was driving home at dusk, my husband and I saw what we thought was a large black dog running across the street, except that it materialized halfway through the middle of the street, and as it reached the fence on the other side, it climbed through like a human would. Wow. So there, <laughs> there you have it. Wow. That's pretty crazy. All right, let me get to some, uh, a couple more here. I just feel like staying connected with you guys. What can I say? All right, let me see. This one looks pretty good. All right. Okay, yeah, this one looks good. I've had several ghost encounters throughout the years, and the first being when I was about four. You know, that comes up so often that a lot of people that end up having encounters have their earliest encounters when they're their children. Um, that certainly wasn't the case for me. Uh, I didn't encounter anything until I was in my 20s, I guess. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I was 20s. But I remember that feeling I had when I was a teenager when I was visiting my cousins and I was left alone at their, at their mansion while they went out shopping. But uh, other than that, I never had any ghost experiences until then. And, and quite honestly, I, I just think the place that I grew up in was just so devoid of that. I don't know. But, you know, now that things are going on, that could be my dad. Um, maybe that's not the case. Maybe I just never noticed it. But anyway, I was just editorializing, I guess. So, um, again, I was about four, and I was sitting on the toilet, and I started yelling for my mom because I saw there was what looked like smoke in the bathroom. And my mom came running in, and she saw it too. They checked the entire house trying to figure out what it was, but there was absolutely no explanation for it. I maintained that it was a spirit, as does my mom. Several years later, I was 14, and out at my grandmother's house, it was an older farmhouse built by my great-grandfather in 1945-1946, and he also died in that same house, and he suffered from seizures, and in that time they didn't know much about it to help him, and he was placed on the floor of the living room where he seized until he passed away. I was up at my grandma's bedroom talking on the phone to a friend, and I was laying on my back on the bed and facing away from the door, and she had wooden beads hanging from her doorway, and I remember them rattling, and I figured it must be the dog, but I turned and looked over, and there was nothing there. I went back to my conversation, assuming the dog had went back downstairs, and a few minutes later, I heard a noise like a pop can crunching. I again turned, figuring it was the dog, figuring the dog was in there after all, but uh, he was a German Shepherd, and not exactly hard to miss, but there was nothing in there. 
At this point, I was getting a little anxious, and I sat up and kept glancing around the room, and the top light was off, but it was in the middle of the day, so I wasn't too concerned. I started telling my friend about what was going on, and when I heard the noise, the dormers of the house were deep, deep enough that you couldn't see all the way into them to the windows. Uh, and I think by dormers, they mean those those uh, little mini roofs that stick out of out of an angled roof for windows and the upper, um, upper attic levels and stuff. But the curtain rods were metal, and the hooks on the curtains were also metal, and they were rusting and pretty old, and they scraped horribly when you opened the curtains. I heard the scrape, 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 and my eyes went to the wall where the sunlight was coming in, and as each scrape occurred, the swatch of sunlight got larger. Someone was opening the curtains. I asked, Grandma? No answer. I threw the phone and ran, down, ran into the hallway, then down the stairs, and there stood my grandma in the kitchen sink, elbow deep in dishwater. I said, please tell me you were just upstairs. She said that she wasn't, and I knew she wasn't, and there was no way she could have made it down before me or made it out of the dormer without me seeing her. There was no one else in the house, and the dog was laying in the dining room. The window wasn't open, and so the wind couldn't have blown the curtains furthermore. There was no way it could have. As I said, the rod and hooks were rusted, and it took considerable amount of effort to move them. I told her what had happened, and she very calmly replied, We've got spooks! <laughs> and then went back to her dishes. I do believe she was right. I agree. I think she, <laughs> Grandma knows. She knows what time it is. She knows her spooks. Well, this one sounds interesting. After a few years of being bedridden because of the massive stroke that she suffered early in her life, my grandmother had mercifully passed on. Not long after, my grandfather gave me some items belonging to my grandmother, some of which were family heirlooms. The most valued item, because of its sentiment, was a Japanese wedding obi, which my grandmother wore over her wedding kimono. Several, oh, this comes out of Hawaii, by the way. So several years later, in 1978, I was 18 years old at the time, I sold the wedding obi to an antique dealer, and at the time I knew it was wrong to do it, but I sold it anyway because I really needed the money. My God, I sold it for only $45, and that was one of the most stupid things that I ever could have done in my life, and I regret it every day. One of the other things that my grandfather had given me was an old bluish ceramic coffee mug decorated with images of daisies, and it was my grandmother's favorite coffee mug. One day, not long after I had sold the wedding obi, the coffee mug disappeared. And I know for a fact that I put it on the second shelf in the cabinet above the stove. I looked everywhere for it because it had also become my favorite mug, and I used it quite often. It just vanished into thin air. Two weeks after the disappearance of the mug, I was watching a television show with my girlfriend in the living room, and we were laying down beside each other, and I remember it being about 12.30 a.m. All the lights were off except for the illumination from the TV, and when out of the corner of my right eye, just above the hallway entrance, I saw a dark object appear on the wall. It just materialized out of nowhere. At first I thought it was one of those large 
cockroaches, cockroaches that I refer to as a 747, and all of a sudden it fell off the wall and dropped straight to the floor. It made a loud crack sound as it hit the tiled floor. When this happened, my girlfriend and I flew straight up in the air like startled cats. I turned on the lights and went to see what the object was. My girlfriend then asked me, what's wrong? To which I replied, what do you mean? And she told me that all of the color had drained from my face and that I looked very pale. My girlfriend was looking at my face the moment that I picked up the object and realized that it was the ear slash handle belonging to the coffee mug. I knew that the ear handle belonged to the mug because I recognized the color of the partial daisy image that decorated the middle part of the, the handle, and I could not find any explanation for this occurrence, nor did I recover the rest of the ceramic coffee mug. I guess my grandmother's spirit was very upset with me. Yeah, that's tough, and it's tough to, tough to be in a desperate place, but you know, there's some items that you really should hang on to because they are, they are I mean, that was a symbol of her love, I guess, you know, in her wedding. So, I I don't know. I I guess I can understand both sides of it. I mean, it's nice to be able to keep everything, but you know, it's just stuff at the end of the day. But I guess some some people are more attached to their stuff. I know there's some items that I I couldn't bring myself ever to part with too. So I I get it. But I don't know if I'd haunt somebody because <laughs> because of it. Uh, I don't know. One more, one more, ladies and gentlemen. Just because I love being here. And this one's not too long. This one comes out of Nevada. I was home uh, alone, ready to go to school that morning. and I was left by myself because my mom had gone to work and my brother was already off at his school. And before I get in my shower, I always turn on the TV just so I can hear some noise because I never really like silence. As I turned on the TV, I noticed it was a show that I did, really didn't care for. And the show was 16, uh, number 6 and then the word teen. And it was on Nickelodeon. I turned off the TV and decided to just take my shower. And about 20 minutes later, I got out and noticed that my TV was now on. And it was on the news talking about a murderer under a girl's bed. Eesh. I suddenly felt a cold breeze down my spine and I quickly got dressed and ran off to the bus stop and it doesn't quite end there though later that night i was getting ready to go to bed and it was around 9:30 p.m. and i was walking up the stairs and we had a stairway in our new house and as i hit above the stairway i heard a pounding it didn't freak me out that much but i then i began to hear other noises such as whispering and I was left alone that night since my mom and brother had gone out to a concert and I walked downstairs for food and I knew I left my door closed so my cats wouldn't escape out of the room. And I came back and my door was open. I never leave my door open because my cats would get out and claw at the furniture. So I'm not sure what to think now and it still freaks me out. Hopefully it's not just my mind playing tricks on me because that rarely happens. Well, that is creepy. That is a creepy thing, but I guess they wanted the door open. I don't really have any feedback for that one. Although, you know, it would be weird to be alone and hear a story about a murderer 
under a bed and you know it's a it's a female so she's a teenager and she's home alone <laughs> just getting out of the shower and hearing about a murderer hanging out under a bed that's creepy as hell so there you go ladies and gentlemen i don't know what else to bring you tonight i guess that's good right All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>